And then this morning, we're beginning our Relationship Matters series, and I want to, you know, just share some things the Lord's doing in that. Um, I actually want to talk about the five, five one another's found in Ephesians. Um, but before I do that, um, you can uh, text relationships. If you have some questions about relationship, relationships, test rela- text relationships. I'm going to get some words out right this morning. Text relationships to 817-293-5050. And if you want the notes right now, you can text notes to that same number. And uh, the notes that I'm preaching from will pop up there um, on your phone for you. So we're here to encounter Jesus and transform cities with his power and love. And so much of the way we do that is governed by how we relate to each other. I remember years ago, Graham Cook said to me, he said, relationships are the primary thing. He said, our friendships are the primary thing. And he said, even just our hanging out together as believers is spiritual and powerful. When we go, when we go get a coffee together, that's a powerful thing when two believers relate together. And we know that it says in Psalm 133 that where brothers dwell together in unity there God pours out the fresh oil. And we are here for that fresh oil to be poured out. And, and we've been experiencing that um, even this morning. So we're going to talk about how to, just I want to lay some foundation this morning for deeper and stronger relationships. And my goal is that you're going to leave here today and that this week something that I said is going to pop up in your mind as you're relating with someone. Would that be okay? All right. John 13, 35, by this will all men know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. So what the world is going to see, they're going to see how we love each other. And I just want to say that I I love the way that you love Convergence as a church. Um, This week, someone in our family was having a surgery and, you know, kind of at the hospital right now, you can't have a lot of people there. And so there were just a few select people and Nikki Kamali was there, um, and you know I was just thinking as I we got a tremendous report this week in this in the surgery, but and and the you know the doctor had come out and shared the good news, and we were crying and hugging and 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 I watched I watched Nikki hug a you know a person in our family, and I just thought you know somebody watching this would think that she was part of our family. And I just want to say how thankful I am for the family of God. And the world is going to know, Fort Worth is going to know, part of our city being transformed is just simply going to be the way that we love each other. And I love the way that convergence, that you are there for each other. Just happens naturally in a church that has healthy relationships. Like so many things that used to have to be all these different appointments or this and that. You know, now as people connect with each other, most of those things happen naturally through our relationships. And I love that. And I think that's the way that God always meant for it to be. So we're going to look at the five one another's. 
And uh, kids, you're there filling in the blanks, so I'm going to stay on the screen for just a second here. And uh, you can grab some help there from your parents if you need it, finishing filling that in. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another. Say, bearing with one another. Uh, some older translations use the word forbearance, uh, but that's not a word that we use. Uh, there were a few translations that years ago threw in the word tolerance, uh, but that's definitely not the right word. <laughs> and is taking an angle that really that's not at all what we're talking about here. Uh, forbearance, bearing with one another, is we stick in there with each other. We stick in there with each other. And that's one of the things that I love about the body of Christ is that we're stapled together. <laughs> and we stay stapled. We stay connected. And I would encourage you when, when you see someone or don't see someone, you're missing someone to like to go after them. And I, and I love how that happens in the body. I want to show, I want to show this clip. Uh, this scene has always really spoken to me about a teacher really sticking in there with a student. brother's conviction. I'm sorry. Is that why you've missed class so much? I had things to do. About this. The evaluation assignment was to grade yourself on the work you're doing. You gave yourself an F. What's that about? It's what I feel I deserve, that's all. Oh, really? You know what this is? I don't want excuses. I know what you're up against. We're all of us up against something. So you better make up your mind. Because until you used to look me straight in the eye and tell me this is all you deserve, I am not letting you fail. Even if that means coming to your house every night until you finish the work. I see who you are. Do you understand me? I can see you. And you are not failing. So, take a minute. Pull yourself together and come inside. I want a new evaluation. An F. What are you, tripping? <laughs> I, I love that scene for, for so many reasons. Just a, a teacher really in there with a student. And isn't it a beautiful thing in the body of Christ that... We can believe in someone even when they don't believe in themselves. And I, I love that about the body of Christ. I've had moments where I didn't, I didn't believe in me, but someone else came and encouraged me and said, I believe in you. And I'm not giving up on you. And I love the way she says that in this scene. She says, I see you. Look at the person next to you say, I see you. <laughs> I see you. And, and God... He has more for you, and, and we're, we recognize that about each other. And so in our relationships, a beautiful thing about the body of Christ is we get to stick in there with each other. 
and we, we don't easily let go. And so again, I want to encourage you, when someone comes to your mind, like, hey, I feel like I'm supposed to send them a text. I feel like I'm supposed to contact them. Do it. <laughs> send them that encouraging text. Um, I, it's one of the things I've practiced when I feel discouraged. Many times I've just said, I'm going to send 10 encouraging texts. And by the time you send 10 encouraging texts, it's pretty hard to be discouraged. Because that encouragement that you've been giving gets off on you. So we're going to bear with each other. We're going to stick with each other. We're here for the long term. We're not going to draw circles of, of exclusion also around us. You know, Jesus walked through all of the circles of the culture that said, Jesus, don't go there. Don't talk to that person. Jesus went and talked to them. He went and talked to the woman at the well. There was a clear circle. You do not cross over that Jesus to go talk to her. And Jesus went and talked to her. And guys, love calls us to cross the circles. And there are going to be times, too, that people are painting circles in their lives. And they're hurting and things like that. And love is going to compel us to cross through and to say, no, I'm here to stand with you right now. I'm going to walk with you through this. We're going we're gonna to walk and we're going to process through this together. Peter denied Jesus and Jesus stuck with him. Jesus approached him and he restored Peter. It would have been so easy to just say, Peter denied me. I'm over with this guy. Jesus basically said to Peter, I see you. I see you. And there is more to you. Judas was stealing money and going to deny him. He was still part of the disciples. So we stick in there with people. If he, in, the, in the message version, it says what it adds up to is this. No more lies. No more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other. And when you lie to others, you end up lying to yourselves. So we're going to speak the truth. This is our second one here. So we're going to stick with each other. And then we're going to speak the truth. Ephesians 4.25, Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. One of the biggest hindrances to our speaking truth is shame. It's what we see from the very beginning back in, in the book of Genesis. When Adam and Eve sinned, they were ashamed. And they began to spend energy. It says that they actually went and sewed together fig leaves to cover themselves because they were ashamed. And shame takes a lot of energy. You, you work at covering. And can we just say that God does not want shame on us. And we don't even need to sh say shame on you. We need to say shame off you. Say that to the person next to you. Shame off of you. Shame off you. <laughs> In Jesus' name. God doesn't want us to have shame. And I believe there's some of us that we've been under places of shame that we're going to begin to... There's staples up here. <laughs> we're going to... 
<laughs> Shame off you. <laughs> I've already forgiven you from, I can fix my table now. <laughs> but we're going to be aware when shame tries to get on us. Because shame is a block in relationships. And shame is many times why, why people lie, why we lie, we, we, why we deceive is because we're, we're ashamed. And Jesus already took all our shame on him on the cross. And he's not the one putting shame on us. Shame points you away from the finished work of Jesus. Conviction always points you to the finished work of Jesus on the cross. And so if there's something that keeps pointing you back at something and not to Jesus on the cross, that probably is an accusing voice. And so we're not going to walk in shame. We're not going to walk in fear. Joey Giacempo had a great statement about, uh, about shame. He said, get rid of the filter of shame. With it, you can say all this good stuff and they only hear the bad. That's what happens when someone has a filter of shame. So what Joey taught us when he came here, he said, always before you pray with someone, break off that filter of shame first so that what you say can get through that. Have you ever spoken with someone and been like everything that nothing got through? Like you said all these good things. And then there was like maybe one little thing that what, you know, like, hey, I need you to help me. this And, and none of the good things you've been saying for 10 minutes matter, but just that one thing. And of course, none of us have ever been there before. <laughs> so we want, we want to break off the filter of shame and we want to replace it with a filter of grace that lets in all the value and the love and that filters out all of the criticism. I want to replace it with a filter of grace instead. And we want to run into the presence of God. And shame so often, what Adam and Eve did, you know, the blame, they entered into blame because they were walking into shame. And, and so, God, instead of shame, in Isaiah 61, verse 7, it says, instead of shame, you will have a, say, double portion. <laughs> you see why the enemy wants us stuck in shame? What's the, what is the trade that God has, the exchange that God has for shame is a double portion. And so, I think I'm going to choose double portion and no shame. You with me? All right. Instead of humiliation, they will shout for joy over their portion, and they will possess a double portion in their land, and everlasting joy will be theirs. Sometimes we, we put on those masks, and it, when it talks about not, not lying to one another, and really the verse actually, even when you look at this verse, it basically says, look, when you lie to someone, you're all a part of the same body, and you're actually lying to yourself. So don't, don't put on falsehood, but, but, but be open, and, and, and don't be afraid. Get in there and be open about who you are, where you are. And I love the fact that Convergence is an authentic house. I love the fact that we don't have to come here, and we don't have to have it all together. Um, if you're here today, if it's your first time here, uh, we're glad you're here, and uh, we're, we know God has great things in your life, but we also know that you don't have it all together, 
and, and, and we don't have it all together either. We're all in process with the Lord, and, and he's, he's working on all of us. And I want to encourage us, too, as we're in there with people, to have difficult conversations. And this was one of the things that, that in the ministry, was, was one of the hardest things for me when I started this. And I shared some about this a couple of weeks ago when I talked about forgiveness. Was that I was never taught how to have hard conversations. We didn't really do that that much in my family. Seminary did not train me to have difficult conversations. So I would miss opportunities to have conversations. And so you miss one little conversation, two little conversations, three little conversations, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten conversations. And when you've missed ten little conversations that you need to have, you're going to have a big problem. And the, what I had to learn the hard way was because of the big problem, it's like, I want to have the little conversation now. <laughs> And I even enjoy having the little conversations because I know what happens when you cover up and you don't have that little conversation that you needed to have. It's such an important part of, of marriage. You know, Marcy and I, we had in our marriage, we had, to, we had to actually learn how to have a tense conversation. And our having a tense conversation was actually a breakthrough. Didn't necessarily feel like it at first, but it was part of us, our learning to be open and honest with each other and not just nice. And I think I, I, I was, you know, I just thought you just be nice all the time, but it's not about being nice. It's about being open and honest and real and Holy Spirit moves where there's real and it's worth it to be real. The risk of opening up and being real is worth it. And I'm, I'm so thankful for, for this body, for uh, the things even that happen with our, our staff team. We meet, we meet on Tuesday mornings over here. Andrew talked about how sometimes there's an hour's worth of testimonies of things that God is doing when we meet. But when we meet also, we share our struggles. And, you know, our, our family has had, we've had several extremely difficult things. Over this last year. And I don't know where we would be. Without a team. That we know is 100% for us. That we felt safe. Going in that room. And just saying. Here we are. And knowing. That people are going to surround us. They're going to pray for us. They're going to have our backs. I don't know where we'd be if we didn't have that. And I'm so incredibly thankful for that. So we, we've got to be open. And we've we got to be honest. And it, and it gives Holy Spirit room to come in and move when we open our hearts. All right. Next verse, kids. We're going to be kind to one another. Tenderhearted. So you could write in kind there, yeah. Forgiving each other just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. So we're going to focus on the one another there of the, the being kind. We're going to show kindness. Acts 10.38 says, You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit 
and with power and how he went about doing good. Can you say doing good? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. I think sometimes we think, well, you know, Jesus, he went around and, and he was doing all these miracles and he was. He, in fact, it says in the book of John, if, if, if you were to try to write down everything that he did, you couldn't even write it in all the books. So Jesus went about doing miracles, but I want you to know, he also just went about doing good things, just helping people, being kind. You see, the miracle ministry of Jesus is built on the foundation of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Gifts flow on the foundation of the fruit. And 1 Corinthians shows us that actually the fruit, the love, is more important than the power. Because if you have power, you have gifts, and you don't have love, you don't have nothing. (laughs) And so Jesus' miracle ministry was built on the foundation of all the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus was the kindest person to ever walk the face of the earth. Can you agree with me on that? That at the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit manifested perfectly through the life of Jesus, the God-man. Fully God and fully man. He showed us actually what he, he died and rose again so that we can live the way that he lived. And so he was the kindest person to ever walk the face of the earth. He went about doing good. And the miracle ministry of Jesus was built on the foundation of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Kindness is generously expressing the goodness of God to others. And I believe there's enough believers in this city that we could make Fort Worth the kindest place on the face of the earth. I mean, shouldn't it really be that way? And so I want to encourage you when you think of that thing like, hey, I think I'm going to pay for his groceries. Do it. It's probably not going to kill you. It's probably not the devil telling you to do that. <laughs> it's probably God. So I want to encourage you to do it. When, when you feel like you need to give that word, open a door for someone, do something kind, smile at someone. We are going to flood this city with the kindness of God and the goodness of of God. We're going to be generous. God has been generously good, amazingly good to me. I will not withhold that good to others. All right. Here's our next verse, kids. Speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. It's right after it says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we also, we spiritually connect. And I love what happens. I love what happened as we worship this morning. Like there's a connection that takes place in the family of God when, when we worship, when we pray together. I love to pray with people because I want to know you. I, I don't want to just know you after the flesh. I want to know you after the spirit. And I love to worship with someone and pray with someone and hear their heart and connect 
with their spirit. And that's what it's saying here is that we get to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And I get to express what Holy Spirit is doing inside of me. And you express what Holy Spirit is doing inside of you. And we have this bond and this connection that people who don't know Jesus can never experience that connection. And I love it. I love, this is one of the reasons we do small groups. Because yes, there's a certain level we can bond like this as we're worshiping today. But when you get in a smaller group and you pray and you share the word and you interact together, there's even a greater dimension that happens when we not only meet in the temple in the large gathering, but we also meet from house to house. So we spiritually connect. And I, I love, again, I love how that happens in our staff meetings. Someone shares a testimony. Someone has a word and begins to prophesy. And a, another person, you know, goes over to the piano and begins to play. And, 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 and we share it. And it's just there's this connection that happens in the presence of the Lord as we share together. All right. Finally. Be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. And what I want to ask you out of this verse, and it's very interesting to me, like, this is one of the things that as the Bible talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit, it says, hey, here's some things that happen. You're giving thanks, you sing with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and we all agree on all those things. But you know, another thing that happens when the Holy Spirit fills you is that you are willing to live your life connected and submitted in healthy relationship with other believers. Holy Spirit helps us to recognize that I need help in my life. I need, I need Jesus in you. In fact, I cannot fulfill my destiny alone. My destiny is going to be fulfilled as I am rightly connected with other believers. And so I've got to be in relationship and aligned with the people that God has in my life for this season. And this is, you know, this isn't always the easiest thing. <laughs> I remember in a season where Graham Cook was one of, my, one of my mentors. And so I was traveling even with Graham. And, you know, I would, Graham would get up there, you know, and and God says, you know, and it's not fair when people have an accent. That's just not even fair. And so Graham would get up there and do these prophecies, and, and then I'd have to come up and prophesy after him. Um, God says in Texan, you know, and, I, you know, and I, I'd, he'd pour out all this thing of the goodness of God, and I'd be like, uh, God, love, God loves you. You, right there, yes, you. <laughs> but one day Graham said to me, I remember he said this to me in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He said, Steve, he said, I really want you to work on having more joy in your life. He said, I feel like I want you over the next year. I want you just, it's something I feel like you really need. And um, he kind of said, hey, I, I just feel like sometimes it's all a bit too serious and it's a bit too heavy. And I want you to work on it. I was, I, I was, I was discouraged. Okay, I mean, I, this is a guy, really, I look up to this, it's like my spiritual father is like, oh man, thank you, but she didn't want to know what, I took it, I began to pray over it, I began to ask God for more joy in my life, 
I began to work on it. I began to find that I, I'm a pretty good laugher, and that I could grow in, that, in laughing. And now, one of the things that people say to me most often that I hear from other people is, I appreciate the joy of the Lord in your life. And I'm thankful that I had a relationship submitted to a man named Graham Cook who loved me enough to tell me that I needed more joy in my life. And I, I, I yielded to that. And, and you know, submitting and, and working through things, is, is, it, it's not always easy. You know, before I came here, I'll just tell you another, another story, and we're going to wrap it up here. Um, Marcy and I had, had been at a church, and when we got in this church, we discovered that things were very divided in the staff. And they had asked me to be the part-time worship leader. And so I was leading worship, and God was moving. They'd asked me to preach some. And it ended that basically the church practically split. Um, the, the, the elders that I was walking with, that Marcy and I were really spending our lives just walking with them, like they ended up being asked to leave the church suddenly. And, and when that happened... I felt like the Lord said to me, I'm releasing you from that church. And so I went up and I told the pastor, I said, hey, thank you for everything you've given us. I feel like, I feel like we're released from here. And so we went out and we didn't know what to do. We just started a prayer meet. We just thought, we're going to pray. These were our friends. This is what we did. And so we started praying. But the thing is, is as we started praying, it grew. <laughs> it grew from 20 people to 30 people to 40, 50 and we had 70 people. And somebody said, hey, let's meet on a Sunday morning. And so we started meeting on a Sunday morning. And all of a sudden, we have a church developing. And so I was really praying because I didn't have a piece about this church. And so I said, we've got to get some counsel. So we went and asked Mike Bickle. And, and said, you know, hey, Mike, we're, 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 starting this, we're starting this church. Here's how it started. What do you think about it? And here's what Mike, here's the counsel. He said, I wouldn't want to start a church that way. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> and then I was praying, and the Lord popped a verse in my head from 1 Corinthians where it says, more excellent way. It's like, there's a better way to do this, Steve. And then Marcy had a dream, and I'm not going to go into it, but it was way too clear. <laughs> and basically, we had taken, in the dream, we had taken chairs from the other church. I was focused on all the mistakes that pastor had made. <laughs> well, we probably wouldn't have if he hadn't done this and that. Well, then in the dream, it didn't matter. They were still his chairs. Whew. So we had to go back to that. Uh, <laughs> wow, it was, it was such a hard thing to do. We had to go to the, and shut the church down. We just, had to, we just had to say, guys, go wherever you want. We bless you. We're not forming something else. You just pray and ask God where, whatever church in the city he wants to go to. And, and this was like all the, this was like the people I wanted to be with. It was very painful. Well, one day I was, I was running out in the park, Foster Park over here, and I passed the pastor of that church. And the spirit clearly said to me, I want you to go up to him and I want you to ask him to forgive you for what you did. Well, I've got on my running shoes. I can get out of there pretty quick. You know? 
Somehow I feel more freedom when I have my running shoes on. <laughs> so I went up to him and I said, hey, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry for what we did. It, it wasn't right. And I want to have a right relationship with you. And he said, hey, I made a lot of mistakes too. And he said, I forgive you. And then you know what he said? He pointed, we were down, we were up at Foster Park off of Trey Lake. He pointed this direction towards the south. And he said, what's the name of that church? What's the name of that church over there that's looking for a pastor? I said, James Avenue? He said, yeah. He said, you ought to go pastor that church. And so he blessed me to pastor this church. And it came out of a conversation where I submitted myself to him, where I asked for forgiveness, where I was subject to him, where we submitted to things the Lord showed us through counsel, through a dream. God brought us here. And what I want to ask you this morning is, have you, for, have you given anyone else permission to speak into your life? Because you need to ask for it. You don't need to just ask anybody. You need to ask someone close to you. Have you given and invited someone you know well to speak into your life? I want us to stand this morning. Peter tells us, I voluntarily let others speak into my life. This is not First Peter. This is First Steve. So, so I can receive from Jesus in them. First Peter gives all of these relationship keys to us. And then it says this. It says, the reason you're going to walk in these things is because you've been chosen to receive inheritance. Walking in unity, in healthy relationships in the body of Christ is about inheritance. That God has inheritance. He has something that's bigger than just you. And as you yield, as, you, as we submit, as we walk together, that's where inheritance is loosed. So Lord, today we thank you for relationships. We thank you for the body of Christ. Lord, thank you that we can submit to one another. Thank you, Jesus, that we can walk in healthy relationships in the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord, that we can speak truth, that we can take off the masks and the shame and the fear and we can be where we are with you, Lord, whatever that is, whether it's our, our best day or our worst day, that we get to live without a veil and without a mask. And I want to thank you for the love that's in this house. I want to thank you for the maturity of relationships that are in this place. And I thank you, Lord, that for me and for my family, that the relationships in this house have brought healing and restoration to deep places of need in my heart and in my family. 
And I pray, God, that, this, that we would be known even more across this city as a place where you can be real. And God, I pray for opportunities of kindness to flow from this house like never before and that Fort Worth, Texas would be the kindest city on the face of the earth. That we would manifest the kindness of Jesus, the kindness of Holy Spirit could flow here like a strong river. So God, we bless you. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Yes. I bless you. I bless your relationships. I bless your friendships. I bless you. I bless your marriage. I bless conversations. I bless you and declare that you are growing in your capacity to relate. That your relationships are growing deeper and growing stronger.